bought a basketball so I could start playing. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. You're going to ball up with your boys or what? Just by myself. I'm just going to grind. I like that. You know, just find a hoop and just play the game. Play, play my brand of basketball, you know? Oh, shit. Is that cutthroat basketball or what? What, am I trying to murder people? Just trying to get the yeah, fundamentals bro. down, man. Nah, bro. Nah, you gotta murder people, dog. Come on, now. Yeah, you know. They say white man can jump. I tell them. You're right. It's the boy, Bubba. Let's come in through. Ella, clutch, flawless. Can't be touched. It's your boy, Bubba. Let's. Yeah, I need that hot take. I need the truth and everything that is not fake. So tell me who's the goat. I'll tell you. Welcome back, Bubba Bunch, to another edition of the Bubble Up Sports Podcast, episode 163, late night after dark edition on this Ooh. Friday night. It's going to get spicy, I'll tell you what. Oh, man. I mean, we got a lot to talk about. We want to make this short as possible. We want to get it out there as soon as possible because this is the preview. The very first preview of the 2020 Cowboys season, week one versus the Rams. If you've been an OG of the podcast, Kevin's one of them. I'm the host, so I've been there. But <laughs> last year, be there. Uh, yeah, but the previews, the reviews, the winners and losers for the NFL season last year were popping off every week. And uh, it, it was my favorite part of the week, really. So, you know, we finally are back to that in week one. Chiefs and, and Texans yesterday got got it going and uh, got it going somehow. Man, it's been it's been a weird couple days. It really has been. But um, there's just a few things I want to get off my chest first um, before we get into the actual preview. So first of all, um, this is a very important day. Uh, it is the rem- rem- remembering of 9/11 and for those affected, yeah. the, those impacted that sacrificed their lives or their lives were taken. We just want to give our our thank you for the first responders to all the, you know, the, the people that helped out in that time and after. And we just want to remember those people because this is a, a moment that we never forget. And it's exactly what we need in this time as far as unity. You know, yeah. the United States came together after that horrific event. And it really showed how we came together and became at one nation. Uh, yeah. Like we're supposed to be. And especially in a time like now, it's not feeling that way. So maybe remembering the past will benefit the future. And 9-11 is one of those things that is terrible that happened. We just got to learn from it. But we always can't forget who, who, uh, who lost their lives that day. Yeah, thank you to all the brave souls, brave men, women who helped that day. Because, my Lord, I, my respect to them, my heart goes out to the people who lost family members that day. Um, you know, they went straight forward with bravery, honor, grace, everything mm-hmm. under the book. It was, it was true Americans, true, true Americans, Americans. Yeah, true yes. Americans. Yeah. So this episode is dedicated to all of those people. Um, yeah. This episode is dedicated as well to a close friend of mine and a active listener of the uh, Bubble Up Sports podcast, Irving Cortez. Hey man, I, you know, I haven't mentioned in these previous episodes, but you're always in my thoughts, always in my prayers and you know, beat the the hell out of cancer, man. Like leukemia yeah. is such a terrible disease. Um, yeah. It happened to one of the worst people, or one to one of the best people. I'm sorry. Um, so, 
what I've been doing in my descriptions over the last few videos and podcasts is put in a GoFundMe link to mm. uh, to Irvin's you know medical bills, medical costs. I think the last goal that he set was fifteen thousand, and it was already half of that already completed. So um, yeah. please donate any money possible. You know anything will help a dollar, five dollars. It does not matter. This man deserves an amazing life. He's a great father, a great human being, and he doesn't deserve this. So if we can help him out any way possible, I'm going to use my platform for that. And I will put in the description the link. I always tweet it. I always put it on Instagram. And just prayers and thoughts to, to Irving. And uh, hopefully he gets better. I know he just ended chemo until like the end of the week. So he, he's doing good. He's mm. very positive. But we wish we wish him nothing but the best here. Look, man, all I'll say is one word, and everybody says it all the time: "Fuck cancer." Thanks. I mean, let's let's anything will help. Um, Emma, just he's strong. Oh. He's been through a lot in his life, and I already know that he's gonna he's gonna kick its ass, and he's gonna yep. come back better than ever. You know, I, I love him to death, and I appreciate everything he's done for me. So the, the least I can do is is do this for him. So once again, yep. this is dedicated to him. And uh, I will make sure that that GoFundMe gets all the money possible for him. Yeah. Um, mm. Now, in one last thing before we get into the preview. Now, this man has no respect for me. And I wish him nothing but the worst after what occurred over the last few days. I'm, I'm already getting high blood pressure just thinking about it. Let's just put it out there, people. Um, if you haven't heard, Skip Bayless has no heart. And uh, he doesn't have a brain, apparently, after yeah. today because yeah. of the comments he made on Dak Prescott talking about his depression, his low moments during the quarantine. And this was right before he lost his brother to suicide, which is even worse. But he was very open about it. And for a guy with that platform, with that popularity to come out and say, yes, I dealt with bad times. And I felt what you felt in a, in a very dark place during a dark time in our country, in the world, really. And mm. for Skip Bayless to say, well, you're showing weakness if you're the Cowboys quarterback. You can't be doing that if you want to portray yourself as a leader. You know, everyone's going to think you're weak and it's not it's not the position you have to be in. You can deal with that yourself, but to open your your uh, your mind and and express yourself in a really good troubling time in this country especially with mental health and for him to say doesn't matter you shouldn't be public about that but not only that this is where i mentioned that he doesn't have a brain either is the next day where he's supposed to apologize after getting completely crapped on by everyone rightfully so has to have skip jobless please uh, i i'm on that bandwagon because this man said look i, I told you i I'm not the person to ask or, or answer this question, and nor am I the person to, uh, to really look for a good way to answer this as well. Um, but I wasn't going after him being depressed about his brother. I'm only going after the fact that he was depressed during COVID. And if you don't seem to understand that, then that's fine. But that's my stance on it. Never apologized. Never actually apologized. He said, you took it the wrong way. I was talking about this. So he's basically saying, oh, depression's fine, and it's good to talk about it if it's actually a serious 
like your brother dying but if you're depressed about like a pandemic going around the world oh no 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 like no that's that's not the right that's not the right thing to do and um so yeah uh thoughts kevin so when i found out about this i texted you right away and the first thing i said was there is no there is no way that a man has such little brain capacity to cognitively think about how someone going through depression because their brother committed suicide and he has the audacity to say because you went through depression that weakens your leadership skills mm -hmm. that that gives you a bad rep a I, I, want, to skip I want you i want you to replay that sentence i just said again just to see if the next time i say it it clicks in your mind the way how Skip Bayless said it. Right. Because, dude, there, I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand how, where this guy is coming from. You cannot sit there and say that, dude, it's his brother. Get off of his back. First of all, that's extremely disrespectful that you're even putting his brother, his dead brother, rest in peace, in the same conversation as weakness for leadership. How dare you? What the hell is wrong with you? Second of all, dude... Who the hell are you to say that someone is weak for battling depression over a dead relative? Skip Bayless, you're an actual clown, dude. It's 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 you're an actual clown. I hope you get fired. Um, Shannon Sharp, take over the show. You're you're a, you're a one man show in itself. I love you, but dude, what a joke. I I I I was at a loss for words hearing that clip yesterday. I couldn't believe it. Okay, so. I'm just going to make a few brief points. Well, maybe a few, but there's a lot of things that are wrong about this. Now, I'm not defending him at all. He did say prior to the comments that he wasn't, that, that Dak's depression that he came out and expressed to the public in an interview was about COVID, was about the quarantine. It was not actually about his brother's death. Um, that was after, you know, that was right around the draft time. So it was like yeah. right after quarantine. And Dak was, was very strong about that. Like, yes, it was about the quarantine. It was about COVID. You know, I couldn't work out. Or I really didn't want to work out. It was just hard to get out of bed. Mm. And I get that. I get where Skip is saying, oh, well, like you guys miss understood like i wasn't talking about his brother's suicide and that's why i made him depressed mm -hmm. nonetheless though look depression is depression yeah no matter is. what's the case personally i dealt with like dark days and dark times like during the quarantine myself so i completely understand where dak's coming from and it it shows humility like he's a human being just like any one of us and no matter who you are, it could be the owner of the Cowboys. It could be the commissioner of the NFL. Or in this instance, Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Cowboys. It's like, it doesn't matter who it is. We all deal with stuff. We all have our our fears, our battles to, to fight through. And mm -hmm. this is Dak's. Now, in that time, I guarantee you that the problems that he had with his brother, as far as, like, his mental health, you know, he knew that after his mom's passing, like it was going to be a struggle for his family to get through that. And Dak's very open about that. And mm -hmm. in a time where he possibly saw his brother start to 
breakdown mentally. I don't know the full details. I don't want to speculate. But I guarantee you it was a hard time for the Prescott family in, in those times. So you take Dak's depression during quarantine. He was probably worrying about his brother, which made it even worse. And, of course, like the suicide made it so much worse for Dak Prescott. And yet this man is still still fighting every one of those like dark days. And he has the strength to come out and say, it's okay to not have good days. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Like that's a great statement and great saying because like we can all agree with that. We can all really connect to it. And it doesn't matter if it's based on depression of quarantine, depression of a family member dying. This man's been through a lot. He has so much pressure on him every single day. But guess mm-hmm. what? At the end of the day, he's a human being just like you and me. Yeah. So mocking him or criticizing him based on his leadership when it is a constant thing for for Cowboys analysts or reporters to say, this man is leading the locker room. Everybody loves Dak Prescott. Management, front office, players, teammates, they all love Dak. And you can see that on the field. They will do everything for Dak. So don't tell me that he's not a good leader because for the last four years he has been. And he's yeah. getting better each day. And for him to... To take those comments, swallow them, and say, you know what? I'm not even going to worry about it. You know, I am safe with my emotions, and I'm safe to come out and, and show people that are dealing with problems as well that I am here for them, that I am right there with you. I'm no better than you. I am dealing with depression. I am dealing with these feelings, and it's okay. It's really okay to deal with that. So Skip Bayless at the end of the day is completely wrong. It is absolutely wrong. I'm not going to defend him. 100% he's in the wrong. For not apologizing, that's even worse. My problem, my main problem right now is that Fox isn't doing nothing about it. First time. First time they came out and said a statement about Skip and his comments. They said, we don't condone that. We don't agree with that at all. And I didn't see consequences. I didn't see repercussions. They just said, I don't, we don't agree with Skip Bayless. The next day, on their network, on their channel, he says, you guys just misunderstood me. But I'm not sorry. Yeah. Right now, as of right now, he has a job. Twice on national television, have they, have, has he embarrassed Fox? But this is a, I guess, a representation of of Fox letting letting these people that are clickbait that are just trying to get views and attention they're allowing that to happen that's the yeah. whole point of the show it's the whole point of Skips and Shannon is to get views to get attention and get the hot takes out yeah. this is not a hot take this is wrong and they're allowing it to happen so on Monday when this guy is still having a job this man is still being able to say whatever he wants on national television and not apologize for what he said about Dak. Everyone, including Skip, including everyone at Fox, is wrong for this. And yeah. that is disgusting that we are not doing anything about it. I, just just a, a final point, because we have to get on to the actual uh, preview. But look, the, the, the whole thing about the COVID situation, yes, I understand Dak Prescott made it very clear, but... You know, Skip Bayless isn't that dumb. Or, you know, he actually is. He is no, that he dumb. Is. He apparently, is. Apparently, he's that dumb. But, 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 you know, 
a human being has a logical human being has the cognitive ability to understand that if you're already going through a depression like that during the quarantine and your brother dies during it, come on, that is a big influence to even more darker days. Yeah, let's be real. Don't be dumb, Skip. Are you serious? Come on, I I, I just I just don't I I can't I cannot wrap my head around how he could not understand what the situation was and look besides skip um you're a clown you're a joke honestly to me uh you always had some pretty weird takes but in general you were a pretty respectable guy but now your your credit is down the drain in my opinion um you you should you should not really have a job um but either way so when it comes to Dak, Dak, my respects to you um I mean, look, for <laughs> the only thing that's right about this whole situation is that, yeah, he is a quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, and he does have a big target on his back. And he is a public face of the most valuable sports franchise in the world. Mm-hmm. So for him to publicly come out and say that he is a human being and he went through depression, look. Respect. Look, All the res- way around. Look, respect. But to be honest with you, he he didn't have to. He shouldn't have to. Who cares? He's a human. Right. We all go through that, mm-hmm. but still, the fact that he did, my respect to you. I, I, I bet you, I bet you, the other two fifty, the other fifty-two men in that locker room are right behind him. Mm-hmm. They have his back. If like, like Lutz was saying a, a while ago, yesterday, the out, the outrageous support over Dak, not even just Cowboy fans, NFL fans in general, they were rallying around him. Just proves the point of how wrong you are, Skip Bayless. Mm-hmm. So. Um, like I said, we got to get into the preview, but just last words. Um, you're a joke, dude. Get off the air. You're, you're garbage. Come on. If there's anybody that is going through tough times that is dealing with depression, anxiety, um, or just feels like they're in a, in a bad place right now, my DMs, my, my phone number is open for a conversation. Please see it's not fair nobody should have to go through that if you just need to talk to anyone by all means text me i am here for you because i've dealt with that myself not to the same degree as other people but we're all in the same boat here we all have our struggles so if there's anyone that's dealing with that and has a hard time dealing with something like this and it feels like they're going to get judged if they come out and express their feelings there's no negativity there's no criticism here I am open. I'm all ears. I'm here for people. Same here, man. Because I'm a genuine human being with feelings, and I can understand. I have sympathy, which some people don't. And and apparently we have brains. Yeah, I I have a brain that actually helps, too. I I can't believe I have to say that we have brains, but, you know, it is what it is. Hey, when when you're on Fox Sports 1 on a nationally televised uh, TV show, and you have to show that you don't have a brain and it's very apparent that's where i have a problem yeah but let's let's just uh, let's get happy well well we'll digress let us let us have some fun here it's been very serious for the first like mm. minutes mm. let's just preview a damn football game baby oh let's man just hey, do it. hey let's what football game let's the uh the uh los vaqueros <laughs> y los rams all right, baby. Let's get it. I just realized that Liam, like, screwed up. He was playing with the knobs. And, uh, 
Like with, with a microphone. Yeah, you should lower it. I should lower it? Yeah, you, you changed something right now. Well, yeah, I, I turned up the gain. Oh, okay, okay. Is okay. it still, is it good? Is it good here? Lower a little bit more. Lower a little bit more. Yeah, he yeah. was like turning the knobs and I was like, oh, I gotta remember to change those. And yeah. uh, I didn't realize until now. So if I was yeah. like super low, I apologize. Yeah. And if I was super high there, I apologize as well. But let's yeah. talk football. Yeah, all right. Let's talk okay. football, man. Let's get it. For all my OGs out there, you know, you know that we start every preview with a look at the injury report. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I got some good news. It is pretty good news, actually. We got some healthy groups of uh, of uh, people here. We got, we got healthy teams in week one. There is one man out of both teams that is going to be out for this football game. Not including the IR guys, but they were already set that they weren't going to play. Lyle Collins and Sean Lee will not play. Um, and they will come back after week three. Now, for the Rams, pretty simple. Andrew Whitworth, Daryl Henderson, their running back, are the only ones that were on the injury report this week, dealing with some yeah. injuries, but they were full participants in practice today. So the, they look to be good to go. Daryl Henderson will be the number two back behind Malcolm Brown and alongside Cam Akers. So uh, a, a back committee going on in los angeles right now and you want whatever thought that's crazy i mean i think that's the best way to go about it which we'll we'll get into a little bit more in the keys to victories but uh andrew worth their best offensive lineman their veteran on that line good to have them in the uh the game good to go in week one for the dallas cowboys a little bit of longer list but nothing crazy chidobi wujie um Amari Cooper, who was dealing with a hamstring injury, as we reported on uh, one of our episodes. Then we yeah. also had Luke Gifford, who's a full participant. And the only man that was going to be out or is going to be out for this football game is Jordan Lewis, cornerback. And uh, I, honestly, I think this is a good thing um, because we don't have to panic. There's no worry. Daryl Worley was very impressive in camp. He was. He was winning the job as far as a slot cornerback, and I think this injury just kind of showed, like, all right, let's 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 see what Worley does. He's been really good with the third team. So now he comes in as a slot guy. I think he's going to be very important in this football game. But uh, Jordan Lewis, out for week one. It's tough because he's one of our, our favorites from the both mm-hmm. of us. But um, yeah. I think having one guy in week one out, and then we – only have a short period of time to where Lyle and Sean will come back in week four. It's looking good for the Cowboys after a pretty shaky injury list in those early training camp days. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think the best part about it is, you know, besides these defensive players, there's being able to stay into the game. Uh, look, Amari, I think Amari's the only question mark just because he will play, but what is him playing mm-hmm. you know will he, will he be a decoy or will he be the amari that we know is is, is he going to be is he going to be 2019 patriots game amari where he was just a decoy out there or whatever or is he going to be you know like amari versus the eagles that he likes to just tear up all the time so uh we'll, we'll see i'm hoping it's the eagles obviously but if uh if not uh you know maybe just limit his count let the let the other boys come out play some ball because Mario's a Mario's a big asset, but we'll we'll see we'll we'll see what happens. I'm not the hugest fan on that contract that he signed. 
I know you said you you said it multiple times already. Yeah. And if I'm I'm not hating on Amari, I'm not saying I don't like him with the Cowboys. I think he's a great wide receiver. His route running ability is probably the the top top two top three in the league. He's an he's an elite receiver. I can give you that. But how many times have we seen a guy that has so much talent, so much so much athleticism, and he can't use it because of his injuries? Like, yeah, these sucks. injuries are a problem. And when we got the report where he has an he's been dealing with a hamstring injury, and he's just going through camp with it. Excuse me. Um, it it's just it was kind of like oh, oh there it is again old yeah. news but different day. Oh well, well we're just back to normal. It's 2019 all over again. And then yeah. we have to look at the other receivers to really benefit off of Amari Cooper. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look as serious as we thought. He was a full participant. So he looks good to go for Sunday night. And uh, we'll see. But as we get into what we want to see on Sunday night, you know, before we get into the keys of victory and the prediction, I, I, I want to talk about like what we want to see on Sunday night. You know, and and what's the curiosity really? Because the wide receivers are a big thing. You know, I'm not really worried about Amari Cooper. If he is healthy, then he's gonna ball out. But I am very intrigued by some of these other parts of this offense mm-hmm. that we may not think like, oh, those are the top guys, those are the top targets. Like, like I'm more interested in seeing what C.D. Lamb does in this Kellen Moore offense. I want to see Blake Jarwin and Blake Bell, you know, come together and are they going to use them more in running sets or are they going to let them, you know, show off their athleticism, their their agility and, and get them down the seam in, in the slot and, and you know, really take advantage of this, uh, this Rams really weakened linebacker core. Is there anything that really stands out to you either on defense or offense that you're interested in seeing on Sunday? I think for sure, for me specifically, and the number one thing that we've been talking about is I'm really, really interested to see how our secondary plays. Look, we know the Rams don't have the absolute stud wide receivers, like the most stud wide receivers in in the NFL. However, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are some bad men. Not elite bad men, but they're bad men. So, you know, uh, Trevon Diggs is cornerback number one, so he's more than likely going to be against uh, Robert Woods. Uh, so, you know, we'll see, we'll see how the rookie plays against a veteran that knows what he's doing. Um, you know, and then when it comes to Cooper cup, Hey man, that frees up Cooper cup. So are we going to get Chidobi? Are we going to get Anthony Brown? What are they going to decide to do? We talked about how Chidobi is moving to safety, but we both know that at any given moment, if the set, if the play calls for it, they'll put Chidobi in corner. So I'm just interested to see how our secondary is going to play in this game because, like I said, it's not – we're not playing – we're not playing an AJ uh, – um, I was going to say AJ Green. Well, AJ Green's elite, just uh, injury. When healthy. When healthy, yeah. Uh, you know, we're not playing, you know, Julio. We're not playing D-Hop. We're not playing Michael Thomas, you know. But we are playing against two receivers that know what they're doing, and they're extremely talented. Mm-hmm. So – I think that's my biggest, biggest, not question mark, but my biggest, uh, I'm very, I'm anticipating like either, well, not anticipating. You know what I mean? That's what I'm looking forward to, to see how they're going to play. So the talks about Cheeto moving to safety are kind of 
far-fetched at this point because they, they are fading just because of the fact that the other guys have really stepped up. And even yeah. Reggie Robinson is put in as a free safety backup. But they're going with Xavier Woods. They're going with Darian Thompson as their starting safeties, which I'm okay with for right now. And then you yeah. have Anthony Brown, Trevon Diggs as your your main corners right now, and Chidobi's right behind that. Like yeah. we mentioned earlier, Worley's going to be the slot guy. So yes. I'm thinking like, okay. And as you mentioned, like it's not elite guys that, we're, that they're going against this week. And I think the Rams are actually a good you know, kind of experiment for the Cowboys, and I'm not discrediting the Rams at all. But we need to we need to see what the Rams are are finding their identity in. You know, yeah. after Gurley, like, are they going to stick with the running game as their primary source of offense, or, or are they going to trust more in Jared Goff, who, look, has his moments and mm-hmm. has proven it when he does have a running back. He has the receivers for it. Oh. He has plenty of weapons, and he has he has a good offensive line. So, I'm not necessarily worried about the corners. Now, I, I am intrigued by it because I do want to see Anthony Brown, who just came back from injury. You know, he was banged up last year, and he was out for most of the year. Cheeto struggled last year against lengthier, more physical guys. And then you also have Jordan Lewis out. So then it's Trevon Dick's first game as a Cowboy. Hall of Famers are coming out and saying this guy's going to be an elite corner in the NFL. Yeah, so an- anticipation and expectations are high on Trevon. As a second-round pick, uh, Wardley, we'll see what he does with a team that is consistently struggled on maintaining the matchup with a tight end. Now, you didn't mention Tyler Higby, who is probably going to be their deepest and threat, most threatening weapon for Jared, Jared Goff because, because how many times have we seen Jeff Heath go against a divisional tight end and struggle? You know, they just can't seem to figure out that matchup. So if Worley or if any one of those other guys wants to match up against uh, Higby, then that's going to be the issue for me. I think this actually benefits the uh, the corners this week because they're going against faster guys, not physical guys. And that's their strength. You know, Cheeto, Anthony, Trevon, they, they are speedy corners. They're smaller, but they can get away with that because of their speed. So this actually benefits them with Cooper and Robert Woods, who are more speedy guys, especially because they're just smaller. They, they get lower center of gravity. So I like these matchups a lot with, with the, the defensive backs. Now, what I really think is going to be the main factor on defense because I, I don't expect the corners or the secondary at all to really say, we're here, this is an elite group, because they might not have to do much this week. Ooh, they will not. With that yeah. defensive front that's healthy, that's ready to go, wants to bring that hot boys mentality back to this defense. You know, we're, we're seeing Lawrence, Griffin, Don Terry Poe, Tristan Hill, Alden Smith. These guys have a lot to prove after last year. And some of the guys that are just coming in, like they're excited. They're they're ready to go. They're fired up. Especially Alden yeah. Smith. I want to see him in action. Oh, time, man. Yeah. Against, against a good offensive line, not great. And a Jared Goff who struggles under pressure. And if he can't get that rhythm going early, they have to rely on that running back, you know, set. And last year we saw it, and I'm not really focusing on last year's matchup with the Rams being like an equivalent to what's going to happen on Sunday, because I really thought that was a fluke game. 
I thought last year's dominant victory over the Rams in like week 14. Yeah, like around that time, like when they needed to win and they just blew them out. Like I thought that was a fluke victory for the Cowboys because they were like hitting on all cylinders. I was like, this is where the stars align. But this year, this matchup, it's not going to be where the stars align and everything is going to be great. This is their first game of the season. This is their preseason. We saw it with the Chiefs and the Texans. Like, that first quarter, like, they, they needed to kind of get the rust off. They needed kind of that period of time to settle in. You're going to yeah. see that on Sunday. I just It's just a matter of, like, how, how like, what's the right word for it? Kind of present the, the okay. defensive front is going to be. Like, are yeah. they going to show up from the very beginning and bring that presence, bring that attention and pressured Jared Goff, or are they going to need some time to get going? You know, like yeah. a diesel engine. Like, they're going to be good when they get it going, but yeah. may take some time to really get it going. So, so for me, for me, I think the biggest thing on that D-line is we know the D-line is going to be great. Uh, you know, I, I, I still want to see how it is. Just how great, you know? Just how great, and also my eyes, and I think you know where, I think you know where I'm going with this. My eyes are going to be on Tristan Hill. Because mm-hmm. I am personally me. We said this in the last episode. I'm still not sold on him. I'm not. Uh, I remember when he got drafted. I did not like the pick. I I did not really. I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to bash him, but I just didn't understand why we picked him when we could have picked Quan uh, Thornhill. Remember him? Yeah. We could have picked Quan Thornhill, and he's so far been pretty good with the Chiefs. Um. So I don't know. I I I really want to see, I really want to see him prove me wrong. I guess is what I'm trying to say, because 2018, really bad rookie year, in my opinion. The reports that came out that he was sleeping and uh, you know in meetings that he just wasn't giving it his all. Uh, it really wasn't impressing me. I I really didn't like the pick. But like you said in the last episode, maybe this coaching staff brought the best out of him. And you know what? Thank God. I'm so I'm happy for him. Please prove me wrong. But as of right now, that's who I'm gonna be watching the most because we have proven starters, we have proven veterans on that defensive line that we know are probably gonna not ball out, but they're gonna make a significant, uh, you know, impact. But him, he has a lot to prove, in my opinion. I'm feeling with this new coaching staff and what they've done with Tristan Hill this off season, as far as getting his attitude right, his character right, and it has shown dividends on the actual football field it's exactly what we wanted to see and we never got out of taco charlton yeah yeah absolutely you're just like oh just give him some time like just get him right with the coaching staff just talk him through some things and then the character will be there and we'll see it on the football field and never transpired yeah if only Jim Tom Sula had Taco Charlton, I think things would be different. But this is now the Tristan Hill project. This is now a guy that has built the character and the attitude correctly for an NFL player. And it's been solid repercussions in training camp. Yeah. Now, what I'm not worried about is the rotation of guys that they're going to have to use. Because think of how many years we've had in Dallas to where it's up to the starting guys, especially in that defensive front, but most importantly, inside that defensive line that have to stop the run against oh, yeah. a Todd Gurley, against a, uh, uh, like, C.J. Anderson in that horrific divisional round game. 
um, where they just could not stop either of those guys. Now, we we talked about it. we're surprised that Tristan Hill got the start over Antoine Woods, over yeah, over Neville, yeah, over yeah. Neville Gallimore as well coming out of the draft. But I think this is actually in the favor of the Cowboys because think about what the the Rams have to do to win, and they are going, in my opinion, to rely on Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown's going to be the most threatening running back out of all of them because of his size, because of his agility for his size. The Cowboys tend to struggle with that. It's kind of like a C.J. Anderson. So if the Rams are running a no-huddle offense or a a very fast offense, then that's when the Cowboys really struggled because their their switches, their subs, it was terrible Rod Marinelli did the system like that. You know, where he just didn't give guys enough time to rest. And you could run a no-huddle offense against the Cowboys and completely run through the the field. Mm-hmm. So now with the unpredictability, the disguises, it'll be a lot more difficult for them to do that. And even with the second-team guys, essentially, with Antoine Woods, veteran, Neville Gallimore, who is going to be a troubling defensive Freak. tackle. I mean, Freak. Freak of nature. So, if if a tiring offensive guard or tackle has to take care of him, it's not going to be that easy. You know, oh. his athleticism can get him really far, but if he can fit within that system, this rotation of guys on the inside is going to be a problem. So, yeah. Tristan Hill might get the start, and he might play the majority of the snaps, but. My focus is on when those other guys come in. When Antoine Woods, how productive is he? If Neville Gallimore gets on the field, how is he going to look on the field with this no-huddle offense or when they need to give Tristan Hill a rest? That's where I'm at as far as that defensive front. I think our defense should be fine, especially in this game, just because of what you said earlier. The, The Rams are trying to figure out who they are again because, look, in 2017 when they reached the Super Bowl, dude, it was it was Todd Gurley because you could not stop him, and that helped with the play action. Jared Goff, Cooper Cup got it going. Robert Woods got it going. They mm. were they were a good solid offense. Plus, they had one of the best offensive lines in in the entire NFL. So it helped. Might, might I add that the first half of the season, Jared Goff was a potential MVP candidate. He was playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. He was phenomenal, but. You started seeing towards the end of the season where you started slowing down because Todd Gurley was getting hurt, his knee, his knee problems, which you know it's, it's tragic. But th- th- this is the season, and I think this is the game where they're going to figure out who they are, and I think we could take advantage of that. Yeah. Now, on the other side of the ball, when it comes to the Cowboys, there's one thing. I think we both know what it is. There is one thing, one key to victory that we can both agree on that has to happen or else this game is, it will be much harder, much harder than it should be. We got to stop Aaron Donald. That guy is, that guy's insane. Mm-hmm. I, he, the, the, man is, the man is not human, Lutz. He's not. Th- that, that guy is not human. There is something about that guy that makes him just, of, he, he's not even a freak of nature. He's not from nature. He's from he's, he's otherworldly, dude. He's so good. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. He he makes he makes the best offensive linemen look like rookies, and it, it's it's crazy. 
Except for Travis Frederick. Except for Travis which Frederick. Which was yeah. the case last year. Travis Frederick mm-hmm. did a phenomenal job on Aaron Donald. Like, he contained him. Like I mentioned, you don't have to stop Aaron Donald. You contain, contain him. him. Yeah. That's more than enough, and it helped the Cowboys last year. And I completely agree with you because mm-hmm. that will really stuff up that inside line for mm-hmm. Pollard, for Zeke, Zeke. and for Rico mm-hmm. if he does get snaps. Go, Hell yeah. Rico. Yeah. Now, what's even better about this year is the fact that there's so many weapons for Dak because what I think they're going to do to really contain Aaron Donald, I don't know how Joe Looney's going to do with Aaron Donald. I know he's sufficient. He's a productive center. How does he do against Aaron Donald? That's the toughest test out of any matchup in this game. Every yeah. other matchup, like, as far as the re- receivers, the tight end, the offensive line, like, the only one that scares me for the Cowboys is Aaron Donald and Joe Looney, Zach Martin. If it's Zach Martin against Aaron Donald, I'm fine with it. But we saw right. in that game last year that Travis Frederick did take a lot of the snaps against Aaron Donald. So he was up for the task. I don't know if Joe Looney's going to do that. So if they're going to double-team Aaron Donald, then there's going to be someone on that defensive line that's going to get through, that's going to have that opportunity to rush Dak. I'm seeing a lot more of these fast-paced, just quick and easy throws for Dak. And guess what? It's going to be one-time Amari Cooper. One time, it's going to be Michael Gallup. Another time, it's going to be CeeDee Lamb. Guess what? Blake Jarwin is going to run up the seam. He's going to be open because Mm -hmm. their linebackers are struggling. You're going to have Pollard, Zeke, Rico, all these different weapons, throwing screens and... This Kellen Moore offense, this Mike McCarthy mindset, and, and this this offense along with him as well, he knows this. Like he he has played against all these great defensive ends in the past with Green Bay, and guess what? Aaron Rodgers did a lot of great things on his you know pre snaps. He did a lot of great things with just getting the ball out quickly. A lot of these quarterbacks are, are going to that against Aaron Donald and this, this Rams defense. That is weakened, for sure. It, yeah, it, it sticks with Aaron Donald. After that, I'm just going to give you a list of names of departures. And a lot of these are defense. Yeah. And I'm not saying that this is going to be the factor that determines it all. And I'm there's a lot more departures for the Rams. They are weakened. They did lose a lot of money. They don't have a lot of money. Yet they're making it work, and I'm, I'm really glad of what Sean McVay has done. But let's mm. just talk about the names that have left on that defense. Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib, mm. Clay Matthews, Dante Fowler, Corey Littleton, Eric Weddle, and then on the on the offensive side, Brandon Cooks. Like These are huge names that they acquired to get that window of Super Bowls. And guess yeah. what? It just didn't work. But when you have more than... 80% of your stars that are now gone from that defense to go alongside Aaron Donald. And even last year with Wade Phillips, they couldn't get it done. Now they don't have Wade Phillips. They don't. Yeah, he's gone. They got a brand new coach, Brandon Staley, who is looking to prove himself as a defensive coordinator. This is going to be too much, too early for Brandon and that defense because they are they are weakened. They are young, looking to start fresh with Aaron Donald, but there's too many weapons on that offensive ball, offensive side of the ball for the Cowboys to where you can't contain all of that. No and way. even if, if Dak doesn't throw for 500 yards, I'm not expecting that. 
Mm. I'm t- I've straight up said any time that the Cowboys need a win, I'm saying you don't need Dak to throw for five touchdowns and 500 yards. 300 yards, maybe even 250 yards, two, three touchdowns. But even then, if you give the ball to Zeke at the one-yard line, those touchdowns count. He doesn't need to do everything. Yeah. So if you get them on their heels, um, I honestly could see a no-huddle offense out of the Cowboys. You know, Kellen Moore can run that now. Mm-hmm. He has options at wide receiver. He has options at tight end. And he's he's really confident in his group of offensive linemen. Now, not including Cameron Irving, but I think they've prepared enough in training camp for him to be enough. You know, yeah. it's really on the inside they got to worry about. So this yeah. is going to be a lot to ask for out of this Rams defense with not a Hall of Famer in Wade Phillips leading them anymore. Yeah, Their cornerbacks are weakened. Their linebackers are even worse. Even their safeties are weakened over there. Exactly. I see these tight ends having a field day with these linebackers that can't contain them, that have a wide receiver type of agility, but they're built like a tight end. So, look, I'm I'm seeing maybe a slow start for the Cowboys. I mean, that's like the entire 2019 season that we've talked about it. But maybe a few drives where they're like, they're okay, but they could do better. And then once they get that rhythm going, it's smooth sailing for the rest of that game. I think, I think for me, the Rams defense is going to fall onto the shoulders of two players. But because it's just those two players, they can do everything. Aaron Donald, we already mentioned him. And for me, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey got a fresh new contract. Mm-hmm. He's got some big money in his pocket. In his pocket. You know, I, Jalen Ramsey does not strike me as the player to, all right, I got my money. Oh, well, whatever. No. If you guys have seen Hard Knocks, uh, you can tell his his uh, competitive drive is insane. So, look, we all know Jalen Ramsey is going to be on Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. We all know that Aaron Donald is going to be stuffing, well, trying to stuff Zeke. Will he succeed? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he will many times in this game. But Aaron Donald cannot cover Michael Gallup. Jalen Ramsey cannot cover C.D. Gallup and Cooper. Jalen Ramsey can't be in the middle all the time helping Aaron Donald stuff Zeke. I know I'm saying very outlandish scenarios, but you get my point. They can't be everywhere on the field. So, you know, Zeke, I think Zeke is going to have a pretty good day. I think that Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb are going to have good days. I think, if anything, this is the game where CD can have a coming out party because of the because of the situation and the state that the Rams are in right now. I'm not saying he's going to get 150 receiving yards, three touchdowns. No, 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 no. I could see CD maybe approaching the century mark, maybe some 90 yards, maybe a touchdown. Michael Gallup, maybe a hundred yard day. You never know, somewhere around there. I think that this receiving core is going to ball out. Uh, maybe Amari, you know, can. Can uh, can fake out uh, Jalen. He has the ability to. We just talked about it. Elite route running. Uh, hopefully, we'll see. Um, but I think my biggest, biggest key to the game, and you mentioned it. You know the man who is going to have a coming out party this game? And I'm calling it right now. This is my hot take. I already know it. Yeah. Blake Jarwin yeah. will have an extremely good game. Mm-hmm. He is going to just absolutely carve up the the uh the rams defense 
You got Jalen covering uh, Amari. You got the slot corners covering, and I, I'm sorry, this is this is kind of disrespectful for you to not know their names, but um, you know you got the Rams slot corners covering CD and Michael. We just talked about that their safeties are not good anymore. Before the show, we you know we we mentioned that Eric Weddle is now gone. He's mm-hmm. not there anymore. That leaves Blake Jarwin with the middle of the field that he is just going to be able to just ooh. I completely okay. agree. So I guess my biggest hot take and what I'll end this segment with, my biggest hot take for and biggest key to victory, Blake Jarwin. I completely understand that. And I do also think he'll have a, a really good day against this defense. Um, I'm excited to see what CD does. I just don't oh, know man. if they're going to go with him in just the slot or offer misdirection, pre-snap adjustment, him kind of taking over the Amari Cooper route where he's always in motion. I think mm-hmm. that's where CD is going to fit in. But with Jalen Ramsey and Amari Cooper, and I'm, I'm not high on Amari Cooper. I, I'm, I'm saying this right now, and this is my prediction for the rest of the season. Michael Gallup will have better numbers than Amari Cooper. Every okay. game, every week, and at the end of the season, Michael Gallup will be in on paper – the number one receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. I could see it, man. I really could. I, this, this is no disrespect to Amari, by nope. the way. It's just it's- matchups. It's just it's just how it's going to work. He's going to get the attention. If he gets it going, he's going to get double teamed. Michael Gallup will have the opportunity, like he did last year, to get open against weaker defenders. And his athleticism, his physicality is just too much to handle. And now he's getting better after another year in the NFL. Then you add on the attention that CD's going to have to get, the attention that Blake Jarwin's going to get. It's going to be a good year for Michael Gallup, and I'm mm-hmm. excited to see that. Now, there's one last thing that I want to talk about before we get into our predictions and what we expect out of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is the most worrying thing for me out of last season, mm-hmm. and I am extremely excited to see what happens on this unit. I want to see what special teams does. Oh, oh Lord. How could I forget? Jesus Christ. When we come back on Monday, and you'll probably see it on Tuesday, whoever is watching or listening to this, like, no one is going to talk about the field position. No one's going to talk about, you know, the starting field position for the Cowboys or for the Rams or unless there is a punt for a return for a touchdown, a kickoff return for a touchdown. No one's going to talk about special teams. You know, we may get the mention for, for Greg Zerline, or Greg Zerline, maybe, you know, if he hits some field goals. But I'm talking about where does Dak start on offense? Where do yeah. the Rams start on offense? If we're getting the same old Dak starts at the 20-25 yard line and has to work the entire field to get to field goal range before the half – then it's same shit, different year. Mm-hmm. But if we're getting Dak's offense to the 35, 40-yard line, maybe Cedric Pollard get a huge gain before the half at the end of the game that seals the deal. Those types of things, it's the, the plays that happened during the Detroit Lions game that made this whole debacle of special teams not happen in Dallas. Like, there is no special teams unit. This year with John Fossil as their special teams coordinator, one of the greatest to ever do it and one of the best right now. I'm not telling you to look out for Pollard to score a returning touchdown on on the kickoff. I'm saying look at 
where their starting field position is. And if it's better than what we've seen in the past, that's going to be extremely important for the Cowboys to win this game. Extremely important. I, I, really, I really don't think there's anything else I can add on to. You basically said it all. Um, man, I'm not going to get into it, but it was just so frustrating. Like you said, seeing Dak every single time having to start at the 20. And you would see it all the time. Last or worse. Year. Or worse, because they would always have holding penalties. Or oh, yes. there's yes. a legal block in the back. Those are important, too. If they can limit those penalties, those dumb penalties, I'm, mm. I'm excited. I am happy. I, I personally think that John Fossil has instilled confidence back into the special teams because, like you said, we're going to see Tony Pollard. We're going to see Cedric Wilson. I mean, man, I'll just say it. Have the balls to actually, like, return the damn ball, Some man. creativity at least. Dude, last year, every single time, Tavon Austin. Hey, Tavon, how are you? Fair catch. Fair catch. Oh, oh. Hey, man. Cool. Yeah, thanks for not even trying when it was actually, like, like you said, that Detroit game, the last drive, there was nobody within 30 yards of him, and he still called a fair catch. To not waste time. What was, whatever, John Fossil, thank God you're here. We'll see what you do. We'll see what you've been doing this training camp, but I really do agree that special teams can be uh, an essential part of this game. Just so, give yeah. me discipline. Give me, whether it's a two-yard return, whether it's a 50-yard return, that at the end of the play, I'm not seeing a yellow flag on the field. Yeah. Because that was the case every game last year. Mm. And that is why I even forgot his name at this point. He was the special teams coordinator last year. And he, he I, I could have done a better job. Don't care. Don't care. He, he was the Brett Maher of special teams coordinators. Like I said, don't care. <laughs> He's gone. John Fossil's here. The, the goat's here. Oh, the, the Bones. Bones is oh, here. I love uh, him. Oh, man. All so, right, man. So Kevin, listen. what is your prediction for this game? All right. My prediction, Cowboys going to win this game. Score-wise, I'm going to say maybe 28-17. Okay. Respectable. I say 28-17. I say... I say Dak throws for two touchdowns. Good game from Dak. Like you said, 250, two TDs. I say Zeke has a touchdown as well. Lutz, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Ready for this? I I mean, I don't really have a turnover. choice. Turnover. Oh. We're going to have one turnover for a touchdown. One. One. That's going to be our fourth touchdown. Oh. We're gonna start off. We're gonna start off this year on a good note defensively. That's my prediction for this game. I definitely do think the Cowboys win the turnover margin, mm-hmm. and even if it's just one, I think that's a win for the Cowboys because that's more than what they had for most like half of the season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I expect them to rush the quarterback and get pressure on Jared Goff very early, mm-hmm. and really set the tone for the rest of the game. Pressure, man. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Pressure is going to be huge because on the Rams side, they're going to focus on running ball and getting that going early. They don't want to put the pressure on Jared Goff immediately. So you'll see Malcolm Brown 
get a lot of snaps early. Daryl Henderson, they'll put two backs because that's the copycat league. Mm. If they're going to go with Jared Goff, I'm expecting a lot more of Cam Akers being a blocker. And then if he starts to find some success, then they'll use Cam Akers in the backfield for running plays. And we'll, we'll start to see what Cam Akers is all about, especially since he went so high in the draft. Yep. Um, like I said, the, the speed from the corners and their wide receivers is going to be interesting. I think Tyler Higby will be the leading receiver out of this game. Um, but I think the defensive line is just going to be too much for, or yeah, the defensive line will be too much for the Rams offense. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll get kind of like, if they go, if they're going to score, they're going to score early. They have to, because that'll be once the defensive line gets comfortable, it's going to be over. Um, I don't. What's your prediction, sir? Well, let, let me let me finish. Let me okay. finish, sir. I actually thought you, I actually thought you were done, and then once I said it, I heard you say it again. So keep on. Um, for the Cowboys' offense, like I said, just take advantage of this weakened linebacker core for the Rams, yeah. with no Wade Phillips, with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald having to do everything, which is going to be too much. A lot of you're going to see the stat to where. Dak's going to throw to eight different, nine different receivers, and they all have one or two catches in the first half. Like that type of stat, I love. Mm. Even if none of them go for 100 yards, I'd rather see more diversity out of this offense. I expect a big game from Blake Jarwin. And honestly, you know, for for all my haters out there, Tony Pollard is going to have... You know what? I'm just gonna throw a hot take out there. He's gonna have oh. he's gonna have more yards total than Ezekiel Elliott. I'm expecting. I I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the two running back set. You wanna say that again, real quick? Tony Pollard will have more total yards than Ezekiel Elliott. So that's wow. receiving and rushing. R- rushing Zeke will have the advantage, but I think Pollard coming out of the backfield. And then using screens, like two, both guys go on screens, and then they they just pick and choose. They 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 uh, mm. they like flip a coin. But I think Tony Pollard can use that agility. No real defense knows that he can have yet because they just haven't seen enough film on him. But he's dangerous. He's kind of that wild card in this offense. So CD Blake Pollard, just because most teams just don't know how they're going to use him. I mean, that works. I I think it works in the Rams or in the the Cowboys' advantage over the Rams. So, going on the road, which they're better on the road, I I see the Cowboys winning this game. I'm going to say 31 to 21. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. So, they're going to hit the 30 point mark. Okay. They they should. They should with that offense. And I yes. think a lot of those points come out of the se- the first half or out of the second half, like coming out of the locker room, out of halftime. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. th- think about it, like they were really good last year in the third quarter, and, and then they stunk in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So now with an improved offense, an improved offensive coaching staff, a more aggressive mindset with Mike McCarthy, they're going to yeah. come out strong in that second half. So if, if the rent, let's just say, if the Cowboys don't win this game, my take is the Rams find their way to win by, oh, man. The Cowboys give up a lot of points. They give up 30. If they give up 30, they're not winning this football game. Mm-hmm. 
So if the Rams score more than 30 points, they are not winning this football game because Cowboys just don't win shootouts. They never do. Yeah. And their running backs go off. Not even Jared Goff. Their running backs go off. Mm. Like Cam Akers goes for 100 yards, and he's the third back in the depth chart. Like that. that's how bad the Cowboys defense has to play to to not win this football game. Yeah. But, yeah. look, it's it's kind of the preseason game in the regular season. Yeah. So it's going to be rough at the beginning. But I think the Cowboys get it going earlier. And I don't think Sean McVay and company have enough to really, down the stretch, keep up with the Cowboys. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. I mean... I think I think we both kind of gave the same answer. We have an eleven point, ten point marginal difference. So, yeah, man. We'll see. I think I think this game is. I think I think this game is going to show a lot, um, especially with what I've been saying this whole entire year. I mean, this whole entire off season, uh, new coaching stuff. There's no excuse. I'm sorry. They're so, gonna they're gonna have that hustle. They're going to have that intensity that we haven't seen in Dallas for a very, very long time. For a decade. For a decade. Well. Okay, fine. For a decade minus three years. I agree with that. Okay. It's, it's 2014 one of those years? 2014, 2016, 2016. and 20, well, partially, partially 2018. I agree. When we the original yes. round. But yes. even then, there was still some like, no. Yeah, it wasn't all there. Yeah, well, Especially in that Rams game. That I mean, Oof. shocker. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, for real. Um, but, yeah, I think we got through everything uh, right yeah. at the hour mark. So that's actually perfect. Wow, I like that. So give us your predictions um, for the game. Uh, hopefully you listen to this before the game. But it's going to be a late Sunday Sunday night game. You know, you're going to hear Chris Collins. Now here's a guy. It's, it's totally, Tony Pollard guy is pretty good. I love Chris Collinsworth, you stop the slander right now. No, I like him. I like oh, him. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I just I, like I, that he says that. I do. Because he I, says I, it too much, but enough for me. Now, here's a guy no. named Bubba Lutz. It's like, dude. Now, oh. they did take away the Collinsworth slide. Do you notice that on Thursday? I didn't. I was eating food. So, did they really? So, you, so for, for those that don't know, you know, right when they, they announce – Chris Collinsworth, Al Michaels is there, and he's like, "Here's my partner, Chris Collinsworth." He does the slide, you know. He like brings it in. Why? Why? You know, Why? He's like, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, he's trying to hit up on your girl at the bar, like that that type of slide. And I'm like, I, I would, I would be worried if I saw Chris Collinsworth in public with my future. Girlfriend. Absolutely, I'd be, I'd be very worried because I'd be like, "Now that's a guy. He's just now, a guy. He's just that. that he's that now guy." That, now that's a guy that could, that could steal you from me, Mister Steal Your Girl. You know, I actually didn't notice that. And now I'm actually very upset. Why did they take that away? No, um, bring it back. Because that's six feet distance. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's COVID. Um, I think we can both agree that Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth have been in their own little bubble for the past two weeks before this game. Well, I mean, they're like brothers at this point. So I feel like they're with each other a lot. Al Michaels is a gem to this world. I love him so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. But uh, hopefully we'll see the slide on Sunday night. But, uh, you, but, you know, just saying Tony Romo, best commentator out there. No cap, just saying. 100%. 100. Um, 
Hopefully we see the slide, and hopefully we see the Cowboys slide their way into the W on Sunday night. Oh my god, this man's got... That was corny as hell, so we're going to end it right there. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for uh, watching and listening to the Cowboys preview for the Rams game in week one of 2020. Oh. You're, oh. you're going to get annoyed by the amount of content that we're putting out. So wonderful to hear that week one. I love it. Let's get it. Cowboys preview. Cowboys review. Winners and losers. Another video coming out for rankings. That'll be a that'll be a fun video that we'll do soon. Kevin, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Once again, go fund me for Irving's cancer treatment. We'll be in the link down below, and um, we'll where the the Bubba bunch just continues to get strong as we roll into the NFL season. So mm. thank you very much, and we'll see you next time on the Bubble Let Sports Podcast. Yeah, hold on. Tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm. Now, would you lose if it been a better draft pick? And do you cuss when your team...